This is Outside the Box, where we explore the labels, boxes and stereotypes that we're all forced into. Welcome to Outside the Box. So in this podcast, we are talking about all the boxes, labels, stereotypes that have been imposed upon us that are created in this society, cultural conditioning, how the, this creates biases, prejudice, discrimination, and what can we do about it? How can we recognize and acknowledge them? So in this episode, I am going to talk about toxic masculinity and patriarchy and how feminism is, is, feminism is good for male mental health. And this is not something that often feminism is seen as an anti-men movement. And this is um, excerpt of a talk, a TEDx talk I did recently in India. It seemed really pertinent to talk about this topic there. I grew up in India, I was born there, but I've lived here in the UK for the last 20 years. But every time I go back to India, I can see that the society is changing a lot, but there are some systemic and um, societal and structural issues that still are not addressed. I can still remember that day very clearly when I started an exciting journey as a fresh-faced and bright-eyed undergraduate at an engineering college somewhere in India. I was only one of five women entering the cohort of 50 and I was suitably proud. I was also very nervous. Then a young man burst that bubble with just a few lines. He asked me why I was there. Seeing my shocked face, he told me with a swagger that I was only holding a seat from a more deserving male candidate as I would only get married and do nothing useful with my degree. That wasn't my first introduction to misogyny, but it was one that probably hurt the most at that time in my life. And seeing that I still remember it, it left a lasting impression. So misogyny is the hatred for, contempt for, or prejudice against women or girls. If I asked any of you to hold up your hand and acknowledge that you're a misogynist, would you do that? Would you say that you're a misogynist? Probably not, because often do we do not even acknowledge and accept our underlying biases. We would all like to believe that we are unbiased. We would like to believe that we are open-minded and we hold no prejudices whatsoever. But that is never the case. Misogyny does not exist in isolation. It is not just one man or two making locker room jokes or bragging openly on national television about his prowess with women and then lamely apologizing that he got a little carried away. This is particularly relevant to an Indian cricketer who came on this really famous show on television, Indian television called Coffee with Curran. And if you look up, you probably find things on Google about how he talked about his sexual prowess. He talked about feminizing and he talked it openly and it's like his masculinity and he, they laughed about it. It became uh, quite, it went viral on Twitter and on other social media. And I know that he was banned from a match or two, but still, I mean, okay, we were acknowledging that this was wrong, but still this this showed this kind of cultural conditioning that it, he felt that it was okay. And that he felt that lately just apologizing about it, even his, his father went on to say that he, he got a little carried away and that boys will be boys. So this example was in reference to that. So it's not just men sharing jokes about women on social media and WhatsApp groups, and we all know about them, calling women hysterical if they show any passion or emotion, talking about their time of the month, telling them that they belong in the kitchen, or using derogatory language and sexual harassment, which is often disguised as banter and compliment, because boys will be boys. And they need to have their fun. These implicit prejudices are often disguised, as I said, with, oh, it's only a joke. And then women are blamed for not understanding humor if they do not play along. 
So this kind of misogyny never exists in isolation. This is a result of deep-rooted cultural conditioning where men support and lift each other up where it's important to be part of this tribe. And the only way to do so is to join in. So misogyny is a manifestation of patriarchal societies where men learn from a young age that they are superior, that it's okay to see women as inferior, as ones who can be oppressed, who do not deserve the same opportunities, and they see women as subordinate. So, for example, in Indian societies, but in a lot of societies, when boys are taught from a young age that they are there to protect their sisters and mothers, then they learn that women cannot look after themselves or take care of themselves. Then they learn that they are far more stronger and therefore can also oppress and suppress women if they so wish desire. Girls grow up being told that they're weaker sex. Let your brother do it. Let your dad do it. They see their mums probably saying, oh, uh, maybe your dad will do it. Maybe I can't do this. So they learn that the men are better and stronger. They deserve more opportunities and their education and careers matter more. And I draw on my own experience growing up in India, not my parents because they always encouraged us, but the society around us gave us these messages. When boys are also given this message, they also learn that they have to act strong and appear strong and they have to be in control. And they learn this definition of masculinity, which not only affects their interactions and perceptions of women, but also their own health. So boys have to learn to be masculine. You know, They're told by society they have to conform to a certain way of masculinity, which involves all the cliches, strong, fearless and competitive and basically not like a girl. So this involves detaching themselves from any so-called feminine traits. And I I really detest this notion of masculine and feminine traits, but that's how our society still perceives it and how they it creates boundaries. Gender divides. They learn to actively express their masculinity through chauvinistic behaviors. So the more a boy has to suppress his natural personality to develop this hyper-masculine persona, the more he can be oppressive towards women. When a boy is given the message by culture and by society that the girls are different to them, girls are the opposite of them, they naturally learn that girls are others, and so they have to be treated as such. Even in families where girls and boys are given equal opportunities and access to education, and even in the most nurturing families, these differences and biases can manifest in many different ways. Our biases and our views are shaped by what we hear and see around us. So basically, everything around us matters. Books, media, film, newspaper, television, all that matters. When we see inequality between our parents and the way women are treated in the family, it shapes how we see women. It shapes the relationship of men to any women who come into their lives. So did you see your mother carrying all the mental load and That still happens in a lot of families. Did you see your father or other male members making jokes about women? How they belong in the kitchen, how they should leave the serious matters to men, how they're not such a good driver. Often when I'm driving, you get the message that if there's there's a bad driver, people would naturally assume, or is it a woman driving? And it's becoming less and less so, but still this kind of ingrained prejudices and these biases, and they're often seen as a joke. How they only talk about fashion sometimes, men used to joke in India, especially in certain families, women don't go out to work. It brings shame on the family. If a woman has to go out to work, the woman family must be really struggling. If a woman in a family has to go out to work, they've got enough money. Why should they go out to work? And there's this still this perception in kind of the upper strata in, in the society in India. And they can talk, they can spend money, they can go to parties, they can talk about fashion, they can buy things. But then they're they're made fun of because they can only talk about fashion and uh, clothes and jewelry. So this kind of biases are shaped by all this. 
So this list goes on. All these seemingly harmless and ubiquitous things can create a perception that women do not matter as much as men. And this is where the roots of misogyny lies, Bill bolstered by the patriarchal traditions. So I grew up in India as one of three girls. Now I have three girls of my own. Patriarchy and sexism has shaped my life in many different ways. I remember the way strangers would tut and pity us because we were growing up without a brother. My parents were an object of sympathy because they did not have a son. But then having married into a traditional patriarchal family very young and becoming a mother of a young girl at a very young age really brought it into focus for me as to the kind of life I wanted for myself and for my daughter. When my daughter was born after a long, painful three-month stay in hospital and a complicated pregnancy with a C-section, the first thing I heard from my then mother-in-law was that, never mind, next time it will be a boy. It was then that I decided that I wanted a different sort of life for her and for me, and unencumbered by gender stereotypes. So here was a woman, and I was a woman, and yet we saw and thought of women in completely different ways. She had been culturally conditioned to be prejudiced against women, to oppress them, to expect them to behave in subservient ways, to not work, to be financially dependent on the men in the family, and to not have any views and opinions. She also believed that it was okay for women to eat after the men in the family because it was respectful and to worship the men in our lives. When this is how men are brought up, they can believe that this is a natural way of life. So women can be enablers of patriarchy too. They can be deeply entrenched in the patriarchal system and in their own way, enable the behaviors that characterized hyper and toxic masculinity. Parents raising boys within these kind of societal and cultural constraints and stereotypes do not often realize this. Pink is for girls and blue is for boys. And these kind of boundaries and gender defining traits are laid down from the moment the child is born. Boys play with tractors and trucks, while girls with dolls and ponies. So I quoted an incident from when we were going to India a few weeks ago. So as we arrived in, into India, domestic security, my children's backpack was held back at x-ray as the security guard suspected that it had a toy gun. So before I could even discuss the morality of playing with guns, he took one look at my two girls and said, oh, it must be a doll then. It can't, they're girls, so it can't be a toy gun. And then finding out that it was a toy dinosaur, he expressed real shock and surprise that I'd bought them a to- dinosaur rather than a doll. So I was really kind of really shook me and took me by surprise. And often these kind of things, I would I, I would just ignore them and treat them as mild irritations. But it really showed me that these kind of really stereotypes are really deeply entrenched in society sometimes. Girls are nice, quiet, gentle, nurturing, while boys play aggressively, messily, noisily, and rough and tumble has to be a part of their lives. Any boy who does not play like this is seen as an outlier. I have two year two old twin girls, as I said, and I'm often told that I should be so grateful that at least they're not boys, because boys are so active, while girls are quieter and nicer to deal with. Anyone who says that hasn't spent time with my girls, and I would challenge them to feel the same after they've spent even just half an hour with them. So my girl was recently called bossy and also loud in a supermarket recently by a woman. But if it was a boy, it is highly likely that she would have just thought that I have my hands full and that he was just being a boy. Gender stereotypes are imposed upon children and the differences in gender highlighted through language, media, films, books. Everything that we see around us contributes to creating these expectations on how women should be and how they should behave. And this is really the start of gender inequality. The gender parity that leads to systemic problems such as what we are seeing with the Me Too movement and gender pay gap. As an entrepreneur, I see this kind of behavior so often. 
women mansplain things to the women, take credit for their ideas, interrupt, act aggressively, because this is what they think success looks like. We also see a version of this kind of toxic masculinity in films and media around us that portrays this kind of hyper-masculinity where men don't cry. And boys are told from a young age, come on, be a man, don't throw like a girl or don't cry like a girl. Boys are bullied in playground and continue to be teased as an adult if they don't conform to this kind of male ideal and if they show any supposedly feminine. Again, there's that word, traits. And they're called girl or a gay. (laughs) Both considered the worst kind of insults, of course. So the American Psychological Association has issued warnings against this kind of ideology, which is anti-femininity or suppression and criticism of any signs of weakness and encouragement of risky and aggressive behavior. So they recognized how harmful this kind of behavior can be. Boys are indirectly taught that they must live up to the masculine gruff men they see on TV and magazine covers, a goal unattainable in reality. This pressures of maintaining the macho men, breadwinner, persona imposed by gender roles contributes to the heightened stress and mental strain in men. Boys are shamed for expressing the more vulnerable emotions like sadness, jealousy, sympathy, weakness and fear. And this has been shown to be directly related to the rising mental health epidemic in men. So basically men benefit from patriarchy, but they also suffer because of it. So the power and privilege that sexism affords to men also traps them into narrow boxes and roles. Men can also feel threatened that female empowering women would mean the loss of their privilege and power and the leading role that they have played for centuries. This is called the sum-gender effect, which is the idea that if women gain rights, men lose them. Researchers have shown that this leads to poorer relationships of boys and men with their partners, their wives, their girlfriends and other women in their lives. This can in turn negatively affect their mental health to a large extent. Talking about misogyny and patriarchy is not just to benefit women. Although patriarchy is set up in a way to benefit men, it can also hurt men in many ways as men are under the constant scrutiny of the fabricated norms that patriarchy has put into place. But men do not often realize this. Sexism is harmful to the perpetrators of sexism itself. I've seen firsthand the impact that bring force to hide parts of themselves that can have on a person's identity in their life. We can change the model of masculinity by telling children that it's fine for boys to express and show emotion. Male role models can practice what they preach by expressing affection and emotion, telling their children they love them, being comfortable hugging them, showing that it's okay to cry at weddings, funerals, when they're injured, etc. And discussing everyday emotions such as my day at work was overwhelming and I struggled with some low points. Teaching boys how to express their emotions adequately is the key to helping them become emotionally expressive. Boys can learn that it's okay to seek out help and that dominance over others, over women, do not make them more of a man. These lessons will have a positive effect on their life in the future. There have been some changes in how masculinity is viewed and we can talk about the recent Gillette ad, which really gained a lot of momentum, criticism, support. But there's still so much more to be done, not just with celebrities and public figures, but everyone in every walk of life. Things are changing, but we need to create more conversations to break the stigma and stereotypes. Even empowered women face harassment and sexual assault. They're also fearful when they go out alone at night. They also face discrimination in the workplace. So empowering women just isn't enough. So I'm calling all men to embrace feminism and ditch misogyny and any kind of bias or prejudice against women and any kind of behavior that stems from your natural position of power and privilege that's afforded to you because you were born a boy. Let us not let our gender define us. 
Feminism is often seen as a radical, angry men-hating movement, but that is such a misnomer. Because feminism is just about equality. If I ask you, do you believe in equality for all? Do you believe that all of us were born equal? Then you are a feminist. Let us put this into practice. Be who you want to be without fear of judgment and the need to conform to any particular notions and definitions of masculinity. There are no masculine or feminine traits. It's okay to express your emotions. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry if you want or need to. Any of these things would not make anybody less of a man in any way whatsoever. When a man exerts dominance over women, when they do not stand up for the women in their lives, when they believe that they are better or cleverer than women in their lives or have more ability or deserve their promotion or opportunity more than the women, then they are definitely less of a man. It's also important to note at this point that just standing up for a woman means that you have to be a good ally. It doesn't mean that you have to speak up for them because that also in a way dehumanizes the woman showing, indicating that they do not have a voice, that they cannot stand up for themselves. It's good to be good allies. It's good to support them. It's good to stand out for them. It's good to enable them. It's good to encourage them, but maybe also encourage or enable them so that they are able to speak out for themselves. So basically, uh, what I wanted to do through this TEDx talk for people to think carefully about their own biases, these hidden biases that might have been shaped by your own upbringing, your own cultural and social context, from what you've been told, from things you've seen in films and magazines, or from what other men in life have given you the message that this is how a man should behave. And if you believe in equality, that none of us are afforded or should be given any more power or privilege just because we were born in a particular gender, then let's stand up and be proud to call yourself a feminist. Let's redefine a new masculinity. Let's create our own version of what a man is. Be self-aware. Examine your biases. Make sure you act as allies, as I said for you. Let's actively question any patriarchal system that you're willingly or unwillingly part of. And let us actively try and shatter it together. It will be good for you, believe me. So thank you. So this was my TEDx talk I did recently in Jaipur. And hope it makes people think. I, I run a group, Facebook group called Feminist Parenting. And there are always many questions about we talking about feminism for girls, raising feminist girls, empowering girls. And sometimes boys are left behind. This is some of the questions and comments I've recently seen from parents of boys, not just in my group, but elsewhere on social media as well, that boys are being left behind, but boys are not being left behind. It's important to raise all children as feminists. It's important for us to raise all children to believe equally in equality. And it's important for boys to grow up thinking that they are not just the superior sex, that somehow unwittingly they become part of this patriarchal system or so, that society is imposing upon us. So hope to speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>